Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. And powered by 1-800-LOAN-MART. Get cash fast when you need it. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. With Kenny Sargent. I win the races and I get the money. Crash Gladys. The sassy lassie with the classy jassy. And Statman. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Here's the freaks. Woo! 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 Welcome into another edition of Speed Freaks. Yes, you are the Freak Nation. You are in the Freak Nation. Let's do this. Listener call in 800-878-7529. We are loaded with guests tonight, but we're going to have a couple of topic segments that I I already know. It's going to be very controversial. We're talking alcohol and we're talking drinking and driving, sort of. So, yeah, you're going to want to weigh in on that one, I'm pretty sure. 800-878-7529. This is Speed Freaks, and before we get to our guest lineup, Statman, what were you doing today, 17 years ago, the year 2000? I was, I was folded up in a corner in a fetal position <laughs> trying to figure out how I'm going to do a radio show. <laughs> I cannot believe we have been together 17 years. This is the very day, June 25th in the year 2000. <laughs> When we started, one station, one mic, baby. Yeah, that was crazy. One station, one mic. We were passing it. For those who don't remember or weren't around, there were four of us sitting in one room passing one microphone (laughs) around. Uh, It was crazy. We looked at each other and said, this is insane. But it worked. And here we are 17 years later. And I always say... Some of the people who said we wouldn't get 17 days are doing 17 years in prison. Oh! Ouch! Shots fired. But yes, that is one former NASCAR PR person who shall remain nameless. But can we just say karma? You give us S, then it will come back to you. And it has to more. They may not have all gone to prison, but they're all (laughs) gone, and we're still here. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> oh, yes. I can think of a couple of producers, TV people. Yeah. Oh, hey, how you doing? You're unemployed right now? We're not. <laughs> the freaks. Speed freaks. The freak nation. We have been around 17 years to this very day. June 25th, 2000 is when we started. Jeremy McGrath was one of our first guests. Sport compact driver. I think at the time we were calling them. Oh, not what were we calling sport compact drivers at the time? I think that's what we were. There was a magazine called Sport Compact Car. Okay, and that's okay. They, that's what they called them. Do you remember? That, uh, oh man, his name just leaped out of my head. But he was the first voice you heard. Adam Saruwatari. Adam Saruwatari. Yep. He was the first voice you heard after us. And uh, yeah, it was it was spectacular. And those days. <laughs> We were a bit crazy. I remember we were Just talking. We were talking about uh, pro stock being replaced by sport compact <laughs> cars. Uh, just the, the mere thought of that 
makes me shake our head. How how dumb were we? But well, that's... hold on though, hold on. In our defense, it was a little strange watching pro stock cars go down the NHRA drag strips and IHRA drag strips, and also NASCAR back in that time as well. Why do you still have carburetors? Why are you racing cars that are actually not equivalent to what people want to buy out of the showrooms? So yeah, legitimately, we did think that there was a time that sport compact drag racing could replace pro stock because of its relevance to the actual customer, the car customer out there. You're absolutely right, Crash. That's the whole basis of the thing. And it wasn't until, what, three, four years ago that NASCAR replaced carburetors and last year when pro stock replaced carburetors. So, yeah, it took them a long time to come on board, but they're on board now and at 15, 17 years after we saw the future. Right. Hey, see, we can also now say, we told you so. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to the real world, guys. Welcome to the freak world. All right, yeah. guests tonight, we do have a loaded show. Jack Beckman, speaking of NHRA, funny car winner from Ohio, Jack Beckman will be joining us. He'll be our first guest at just about 12 after this hour. Chris Neville from NASCAR on Fox. NASCAR is... Well, excuse me, Fox is now done with their portion of the NASCAR season, so Chris will join us straight from Sonoma, probably with a glass of wine in his hand. Harrison Burton, former ARCA winner this year, he's going to join us in the second hour, and Mr. Big Bassist, one of, arguably one of the best bassists of all time, Billy Sheehan, will join us at the end of the show. But, Stat, you bring up something, mm, we're talking about relevance, and... Fans complain a lot about spec racing, and they don't want spec racing. They want it to go back to ingenuity, and and I'm completely on board with that. But I know we're going to have to update here in just about 20 seconds, but real quick, spec racing in IndyCar and NASCAR this year, holy crap has it brought about parity. I am liking what I'm seeing in IndyCar, 10 different races, 8 different winners. In NASCAR, 16 races, 11 different winners. So there's something to be said about the spec racing and at least the product that it's putting on the track. Welcome to all of our new affiliates here in the Freak Nation. This is Speed Freaks. You are listening to Speed Freaks, and you are the Freak Nation. We're going to give you a couple of chances to call in tonight, 800-878-7529. Get that in your phone now, 800-878-7529. We've got a big guest lineup tonight, though, as well. NHRA winner from Ohio, Jack Beckman, and with NASCAR on Fox, wrapping up their portion of the season, Chris Neville, pit reporter from Fox, is going to join us at the end of this hour. ARCA winner from earlier in this season, and also you saw him in the Truck Series race at Iowa this weekend, Harrison Burton, will join us in the second hour, and Mr. Big Bassist Billy Sheehan will join us as well. So, yes, yeah, Statman, talking a little bit about spec racing and the parody that it has provided for IndyCar fans and NASCAR fans this year, I'll, I'll just update again. Ten races in IndyCar so far, eight different winners. In NASCAR, 16 races this year, 11 different winners. Is there something positive to this? Yes and no. I'm against spec racing. I couldn't be more against spec racing. I love the fact that people can win. Anybody can win. That's a good thing. But... The idea that everybody's got the same car just takes all the innovation out of the sport. And I think the biggest downfall in motorsports is when we stopped billing it to the research and development budget line and started billing it to the marketing budget line where racing was just used to sell 
jeans and beer. I think that if people, if there was more innovation in sport allowed than motorsports allowed, then we'd get better products in our garages. And I think that's part of the value of motorsport, just to sit there, especially in these days. And I'm sure there's a ton of people out there that are going to disagree. So uh, warm up your Twitter lines now. But <laughs> just sit and watch cars go in a circle and burn fossil fuels uh, is not valuable unless we get something out of it more than the opportunity to sell some more beer. Such as the time of the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. That's when the ingenuity worked. All right, before we get out of this segment, let's get to a little bit of news and notes brought to you by Cat Spot Litter. Check it out, all organic and can be subbed as, well, soil on your lawn, catspotlitter.com. The Formula One race was in Azerbaijan. I knew I wouldn't say that right. And from a crash in qualifying to following back to 17th in the running order, Daniel Ricciardo taking the win. IndyCar, that was won by... Scott Dixon upsetting Team Penske. NHRA in Norwalk, Ohio. Bo Butner, Jack Beckman, he's going to be with us next. Steve Torrance, and in motocross, your two winners, Eli Tomac and Aaron Plessinger. Like I said, Jack Beckman next in the Freaks Pits. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined. Hey, cat owners, stop killing the earth. Yeah, you heard me right. You've done angelic work by rescuing cats from death row. Now do your part to save the planet. Dump your old clay litter, part of 8 billion pounds of waste clogging up landfills yearly, and go to catspotlitter.com. Order the all-natural, all-organic cat spot litter. It's made of 100% coconut, it's long-lasting, it eliminates odors, and only weighs 5 pounds. Oh, and delivered to your door for just $15 a month with free delivery. Hello? Look, unlike old, dusty, heavy clay litter that we're so used to, Cat Spot Litter's work is not over when the litter box needs to be changed. When your Cat Spot Litter has run its course, you dump it in your garden, your lawn, compost it. It contains natural nutrients and absorbs water. You've saved a cat's life. Now go save the planet at catspotlitter.com. Your cat will thank you, and the planet thanks you. Organic, odor-eliminating, and just 15 bucks a month. Catspotlitter.com. So, you're driving something big or small that demands synthetic oils? Then you need to add Lucas Pure Synthetic Oil Stabilizer with each oil change, which won't be that often, as Lucas Special Formula increases oil life up to 50% longer, all while reducing heat and wear in your car or truck's engine. You'll find increased power and fuel economy as well. If it spins, heats, shifts, or turns, you need Lucas Pure Synthetic Oil Stabilizer. Hey, Freak Nation, it's time you clean up your tires and rims, so do it with Lucas Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. It's an environmentally friendly treatment spray designed to give tires and trim a long-lasting, like-new shine. Use Slick Mist Tire Shine to remove dull, gray oxidation from bumpers, tires, plastic, rubber, and vinyl trim. It's long-lasting, UV-resistant, and helps prevent sidewall blowout. Log on to lucasoil.com for more info and pick up Lucas Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine at major auto parts stores today. With 2.7 million miles of paved roads and 1.4 million miles of unpaved roads in the U.S., where will your Continental Tires take you? Continental Tires' new Terrain Contact AT is the ideal all-terrain tire for CUV, SUV, and light trucks and will get you where you need to go. Traction Plus technology gives you the durability to conquer dirt, gravel, and grass while also providing a quiet, comfortable ride on pavement. For more information, visit ContinentalTire.com. Continental Tire, for what? 
You do. Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Despain, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Welcome back to Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Yep, got you plugged in. 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, every single Sunday night. We don't have an off-season. Motorsports does not have an off-season, so... We take some time off throughout the year, as we will next weekend for... No, next weekend we're on. We're off the next week, the weekend after that for 4th of July. But I digress. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Plug it in every Sunday night. We have Jack Beckman, funny car winner, set to call us here in just a little bit. But before we get to that, Statman, <laughs> you said you were watching an interview on Fox Sports 1 today. Camera guys maybe with a little bit of an oops. Yeah, it was crazy. They were they did an interview with Jason Line and Greg Anderson in their shop, and it was a great interview, blah, blah. But the, one of the top GM teams in all of drag racing, it looked like, and I could have been wrong, but it looked like they had in the background a red Plymouth, a classic <laughs> Plymouth from like 60, the mid-60s in the background. I'm sure... Anderson and Line are, are very much aware of the marketability and so oh, forth. Oh, yeah. But it sure looked like it was an old Plymouth in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Beckman, your funny car winner, now two wins in the past three races, joins us live now here in the Speed Freaks pits. And, Jack, you kind of wish it was a Mopar in the background, right? There is nothing wrong with a classic Mopar in the back of <laughs> any interview. I just want you to know, Stack. <laughs> Yeah, that that just goes right up Jack's, just right up his alley. Anything Mopar, they can but park my car back there. <laughs> what is it with Mopar? What is it with your Hemi's? What is it with Don Schumacher Racing? You guys have taken the last nine Funny Car wins, absolutely on fire. What is it specifically? I hate when you say on fire because we literally were oh, well, yeah. on fire at the finish line. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's parts and people. And listen, John Force Racing has got tons of talent. Collider Racing has got tons of talent. I think the fact that with enough Nitro teams, we brought all our chassis shop in-house, we do all our fabricating in-house, and maybe most important, we do all our machining in-house, and we have an entire crew that that's what they do. And they get feedback from the crew chiefs, and you try to design the best parts that you can and nhra has has narrowed the box on what's allowable in performance improvements on these cars so it's forced us to go into the magnifying glass and refine things to a smaller level but we never stop and and it's also i think having all the crew chiefs have those tuesday morning meetings where they share data and the fact that if a team's struggling, you can go over to the next trailer and have one of those crew chiefs come over. You know, Dickie Venables has been over several times in the last couple races. Uh, Todd Okahara came over. We were having a power issue this weekend and helped us out on that. So it truly is a Don Schumacher organization-wide win when one of the teams gets the trophy. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing watching you guys, whether it's Funny Car or Top Fuel, just, oh, wow. But, yeah, let me get to my poor choice of words <laughs> on fire. What did happen past the finish line? I made a little teaser tweet saying, speed, win, explode. Just another day at the office for Jack Beckman. Yeah, I think the technical phrase was, it did explode big down there. Yeah, apparently <laughs> the, the finish line is 1,000 feet, and our, our, our engine had about a 1,060-foot fuse. But I want to paint a picture for you guys. I think a lot of your fans might think, these guys win, they go out and party, they stay up late. I am huh. still at the racetrack right now, and it is well past 10 o'clock, and our guys are putting our next race car together for testing tomorrow. So everybody's ecstatic that we won. We ordered some Papa John's pizzas out here. We are thrashing at the racetrack. We're going to make sure we've got everything before we leave for the hotel tonight. We'll be back at the track early tomorrow, and we'll make three or four or five runs tomorrow because we think there's still a lot of room for improvement for us. Oh, my gosh. Jack Beckman, that's you're to be commended not just for surviving the fire, but you were, you might be in the recent history of the funny car, you might have had some of the some of the slowest winning times today. You were so consistent. There were people much faster, but you were getting to the finish line first. There certainly were cars that in the intermediate rounds were spectacular. You know, if you think of that as the battle, there, there were cars that went out there and were glorious in their different battles. At the end of the day, and when the war's over and when the dust settles, there's one team standing, and that's not always the swiftest team. We put our car down the racetrack all four runs. There were quicker cars, but there weren't more consistent cars out there. Now, we know that we're going to have to step up our game if we're going to continue to win races. But listen, we're getting into the summer months where it's miserably hot out there. These racetracks, the temperature on the track can get up to 140 degrees. It gets gooey. It gets slippery. It's hard to apply 11,000 horsepower out there. And getting a hot weather tune-up is absolutely critical to this time of year. We're willing to spend the extra time to stay and test tomorrow. And we think we run pretty good under cool conditions. We're going to keep dialing in the Infinite Hero Mopar so it's better under hot conditions. And I think it's just going to be a slugfest for the rest of the year. It was such a crazy weekend. You know, Bob Task is a part-time racer on a small budget and almost made it to the final round. Courtney Force, when it comes to qualifying, has absolutely been the most dominant funny car throughout 2017. There were only 17 cars that showed up here. One car didn't qualify and that was Courtney Force. I would have lost a million dollars on that bet. That's what keeps Funny Car interesting. It's amazingly unpredictable. Jack Beckman, you're going to, you're starting the Western Swing in a couple of weeks. Is testing at Norwalk, is it good enough, especially in St. Louis, where it's always hot and muggy and miserable, is that enough to get that hot weather tune-up before you go to St. Louis? Well, well here's what's going to happen. We'll have a week off, thank God, because it's been four weeks in a row, and I don't think my wife recognizes my voice anymore. We'll go to <laughs> Chicago in two weeks. We'll have another week and a half off, and then we'll do the Western Swing. I think what's most important, the reason that we're staying and testing Monday here at Norwalk, we know what the track was like. We know what good ETs were like over the last three days. So we've actually got a baseline to compare our performance tomorrow on. 
The other thing is, NHR has prepped this racetrack. It's not like renting a track in the middle of the week and hoping they do an adequate job getting it ready for your horsepower. We know this will be a first-class track prep very, very similar to what we just ran today in national event conditions. So I think it helps us stay near a given baseline and evaluate what this new car is going to do without having too many variables thrown at us. Your funny car winner from Norwalk, Ohio today. Fast Jack Beckman joins us here. Yeah, that's his Twitter account, at Fast Jack Beckman. And, yeah, it is pretty amazing that you are still there. It's past 10 o'clock on the Eastern time zone. And, wow, just the dedication that you guys have to do. And like you said, four weeks in a row, you're, you're coming off a tough stretch. This, I mean, it, you've got to be tired right now. And, Gladys, it's amazing. You get so many guys that come to the back of the, ro- the ropes at the pits and they say, you need to hire me. I'm the best mechanic ever. And I always chuckle because they have <laughs> no concept of how hard these mechanics work. Our mechanics are our truck drivers. They have the CDLs. They lug these two tractor trailers race to race to race. They unload them, they service them, they maintain them, they push them up to the starting line, they tow them back, they do it over again, they load them in the car every night. Then they go back seven crammed in a Dodge Durango, sleep two to a hotel room, get up in the morning, have takeout breakfast, and come back here to work another 14-hour day. And they don't do it for the money. They do it because they're passionate about drag racing, and they love seeing that wind light come on. So to get that trophy at the end of the day, it means everything to me because of the dedication that they've got. And these guys, we had our short celebration. We took our winner's circle photos, and then everybody got refocused on what we need to do with the new race car and what we're going to test tomorrow so we can be effective. Wow. Do you think that tiredness, four weeks on the road, and or maybe just, like you said, the hot racing conditions, the the sticky summer conditions. What was it, do you think, that really held Courtney Force and her team back this weekend? That's a tough question to answer, but these cars are so finicky. You know, when you get somebody that's really in a zone, um, that that Napa team with Ron Tober and Ron Kemp, they had a car that was so good that it made it look too easy. In other words, it just kept going down the track, run after run after run after run. If you watch Tiger Woods hit a golf ball, it looks easy. Until you pick up a golf club and swing it, and it's amazingly hard. These cars are amazingly hard to tune to conditions. And with hers, maybe they had a clutch system malfunction. They might have had an issue with uh, uh, any of the timers on the car. But NHRA gives us four runs to try to qualify the cars. And when it's a really hot racetrack, a big power car like hers, you can't take horsepower out of it because then the engines get unhappy and they do stupid things. You keep taking clutch out of it. Well, the more clutch you take out of it, the more apt the car is to drop cylinders and stop firing on certain holes. And then the other side of it is they'll go out there and smoke the tires. It's just such a fine line we walk. Like, I don't think Courtney and her team are in any sort of trouble. I think they'll be fine once we roll into Chicago. But it just goes to show you how tough it is to manage 10,000 horsepower in a 10-foot wheelbase. Jack Beckman, your winner at Norwalk, your funny car winner. Follow me here, Jack. You've taught some of the fastest people in drag racing. All right? Now, what if the guy who won the funny car today came to you, Jack Beckman, the teacher, and said, I need a tune-up. What are you going to tell that guy? 
I actually talked to two different funny car drivers this weekend, and they said, hey, I'm struggling with some certain things. And I, and I, I don't think there's any secrets. There's not a magic wand, and there's not a pill you can take to be consistently quick on the reaction times. Actually, if there is, Matt Hagen's taking it because he's consistently quick on reaction times. But, you know, it's just a matter of getting your thoughts in perspective and blocking out the negative stuff and going up there and being I'm I'm cutting you (laughs) off here for a reason, your partner. What are you going to tell that man in the mirror in the morning when he's coming to you and you're getting ready to go out and test? What are you going to tell that man in the mirror that you need to do this to get back up to speed? It's just business as usual for us. I love testing because, to me, it's free practice. You know, a lot of drivers in testing, they back off on the reaction times. They get a little bit sloppy on the procedures, the burnout, the backing up the staging. To me, it's just a chance to practice. Uh, The analogy would be if you're a a target shooter, when you go out and you shoot 100 rounds a day, you don't just keep squeezing that trigger. You do everything like you're in competition. So I enjoy the fact that I can get a little bit of extra free time out here to hone my skills. Driving that – go ahead, Seth. What are you going to do to home, Jack? Come on, I'm asking you. I'm asking you this question, and you're not wanting to go there, evidently. What there are, you are secrets. Do to skin, don't <laughs> hone those skills. Well, yeah, but stat, but like you're, you're asking, am I going to put my right shoe on my left foot? In other words, it's the same thing. It's roll up pre-stage, calm yourself down, stare at that light bulb like you were a sniper looking at your target. Take your foot off the clutch. Inch the thing in until you flicker the stage bulb. And when those amber lights come on, you fire your right foot down and let go of that brake handle, get your hand back on the steering wheel, lock your eyes on your spot on the track, and get that thing down the middle of the groove. Every run. I'm not changing anything for tomorrow. All right. That's fair. That's better. Repetition builds consistency. Yeah. It's, Fast. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm not, I'm not going to try to do something wholesalely different. We've... We've had pretty good results. I'm just going to keep honing my skill. Jack Beckman definitely honed his skills this last three races, two out of the last three for sure. Jack Beckman, thank you so much for joining us. I know you got a belly full of Papa John's, and you just made massive, massive moves this weekend. Yes, it was consistent, and that's all that really mattered in your massive Mopar. So congratulations, and good luck tomorrow on the test. I always love talking to you guys because it usually means we did something pretty spectacular with the Infinite Hero team. Heck yeah, it does. Follow him on Twitter, guys, at Fast Jack Beckman. Thanks, Jack. Take care, guys. Talk to you soon, I hope. Yes. <laughs> I, I hope. He will. I mean, look what's coming up. They've got Illinois. They've got, I believe it is Denver right after that, Statman. Yeah, and then I think it's Sonoma right after that. That's yeah. the weather. Known as the Western Swing, you know. I always love talking to Jack because Jack is going to give you something that's, you know, it's it's going to be something you could learn from. He's going to take you to school. He's going to give you a meat sandwich, and it's not going to be something that you hear from everybody else. I I really like that guy. Right, and he's not he's not afraid to answer the questions. Like you know, when you cut him off and said, no, 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 I want you to answer it this way. And he's like, all right, I got gotcha. you. And, and he goes with it. He doesn't get mad at stuff like that. He's just a re- he's real people. He really, really is. So more of realness. Let's get down to a controversial topic. You saw Kevin Harvick taking the win in the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series today up in Sonoma. Of course, that's wine country. The trophy came with a glass of red. Hmm. 
Kevin Harvick's one of his sponsors is Bush Beer. He was handed a can of beer in Victory Lane. Is this appropriate? Is this bad for kids to see alcohol in Victory Lane after getting out of a cockpit of a car? That's next, right here in Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Welcome back to Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. We've got a couple minutes here to discuss something that it's been bothering a few of us for a while, and we've seen you guys talking about it on social media channels. Basically, here's the deal. Racing, since its inception, has had champagne up on the podium to celebrate. You celebrate a win, you pop open champagne, boom, everything's cool. Everything except for the Indy 500 where you drink milk. 
but today was a little different, and we've seen this before. Maybe it was a year ago that we talked about this as well. Bottom line, Kevin Harvick takes the win up in Sonoma for the Monster Energy Cup Series race, and he is sponsored by Bush. He is immediately handed a can of Bush beer as soon as he gets out of the car, and then the trophy later on, of course, because it's wine country, the trophy has a full glass of red as a part of it. Is this something that is we should just brush off as whatever? It's sponsors. It's no big deal. You can't make the correlation to drinking and driving just because they're present right next to each other. Or is this something that should be of a concern moving forward in motorsports? I think it's incredibly hypocritical to live life in America in particular where thousands, tens of thousands of people are killed every year in accidents involving drunk driving. And as soon as a guy gets out of a car, as soon as a driver gets out of a car, we put a can of uh, alcohol in his hand and he takes a giant swig. Now, whether it's water or beer or whatever it is, it looks like the connection between driving at speed and alcohol is made. And then you turn around and the trophy is a giant glass of wine and he's throwing it around. Hey, I won. <laughs> and it swigs the, the wine. I just think that's a poor, um, a, a poor visual that should be removed from racing. But what do we replace it with? Because champagne in Victory Lane has been there since <laughs> decades upon decades. I I don't know. I, I'm I'm with you that there's it's sending a, a message that doesn't need to be sent. But at the same time, the other side of me says, well, this is tradition, at least when it comes to champagne. And in wine country, what else are you going to do? Well, you don't have to remove it from the picture. In the case of the car pulling into Victory Lane, it's sponsored by a beer. Put a giant can of beer on the roof of the car or on the trunk of the car. Uh, the driver doesn't have to engage with the beer. Just put it there on the on the roof of the car. And if you want to have uh, champagne or wine or whatever as one of the sponsors, have it completely involved. Have red wine thrown on everybody in victory lane and ruin everybody's clothes but you don't need to have the driver who's just gotten out of a car and driven for three hours four hours at speed swilling it uh, as soon as he gets out of the car i just think that's a bad image and if you want to improve the image of motor racing or improve that you just said at Indy, they use milk for whatever reason. They're probably attached to the Indiana dairy farmers board. Yeah. And in, in Indiana. So somebody needs to get to the milk advisory board in, in Sonoma, in every place that NASCAR oh, goes in Daytona and say, let's do something else. Even, uh, energy drinks or just something else besides alcohol. Alcohol and driving at speed, that's a connection that doesn't need to be uh, fostered, supported, uh, increased. If I'm hearing you correctly, though, you did say we, we should not have a driver swilling an alcoholic beverage right after getting out of the car. 
Now, we just had Jack Beckman, NHRA Funny Car winner from Ohio, on just last segment. If you miss it, by the way, go to speedfreaks.tv. And NHRA's victory lane is done differently than IndyCar and NASCAR and sports cars. In that, and even Supercross, in that they are way away from finishing their race. They've been out of their car for at least 30 minutes when they get up to back up to the starting line and engage the fans and do their podiums and introductions. Is there a difference there? Yeah, there's a huge difference. For one, the sponsor in the NHRA is a soft drink. So they do give them a can of the sponsor and they drink the soft drink. They do so have champagne th- up there, though, sometimes, too. Yeah, that's a very different thing than getting out of a car and the attachment. The problem that I have is making that attachment with alcohol and speed that kills 25 to 50,000 people a year in the United States. That's not a connection that needs to be made, supported, reinforced. If you want to drink after you get off of the get out of victory lane or after the cameras are gone, cool. You're an adult. Do whatever you uh, are legally allowed to do. But I just don't think that the connection uh, needs to be made over and over and over and over and over and over and over again every week. Send us a tweet at Speed Freaks. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Should the alcohol connection be there in Victory Lane? Send us a tweet. We'll read them coming up on the show. Next in the Speed Freaks pits, Chris Neville with NASCAR on Fox. Next. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. With 2.7 million miles of paved roads and 1.4 million miles of unpaved roads in the U.S., where will your Continental Tires take you? Continental Tires, new Terrain Contact AT is the ideal all-terrain tire for CUV, SUV, and light trucks and will get you where you need to go. Traction Plus technology gives you the durability to conquer dirt, gravel, and grass while also providing a quiet, comfortable ride on pavement. For more information, visit ContinentalTire.com. Continental Tire, for what? You do. If the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe each time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas' unique formula fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you will find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Hey, cat owners, stop killing the earth. Yeah, you heard me right. You've done angelic work by rescuing cats from death row. Now do your part to save the planet. Dump your old clay litter, part of 8 billion pounds of waste clogging up landfills yearly, and go to catspotlitter.com. Order the all-natural, all-organic cat spot litter. It's made of 100% coconut. It's long-lasting. It eliminates odors and only weighs 5 pounds. Oh, and delivered to your door for just $15 a month with free delivery. Hello? Look, unlike old, dusty, heavy clay litter that we're so used to, Cat Spot Litter's work is not over when the litter box needs to be changed. When your Cat Spot Litter has run its course, you dump it in your garden, your lawn, compost it. It contains natural nutrients and absorbs water. You've saved a cat's life. Now go save the planet at catspotlitter.com. Your cat will thank you, and the planet thanks you. Organic, odor-eliminating, and just 15 bucks a month. Catspotlitter.com. 
Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Despain, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. The Coxville Blockers, the Albuquerque Chupacabras, and the Arizona Pricks? Yeah, we got your attention now, don't we? These aren't real sports teams, but they are some of the most creative and funny sports logo t-shirts from awesome sports logos. Each team has a history and a meaning behind it, like the Akron Rubbers, the Boston Accents, or the Cape Cod Scrod. And these t-shirts are awesome, made with the highest quality, 100% cotton available, and are just stupid soft. Grab your favorite city's t-shirt now at AwesomeSportsLogos.com. That's AwesomeSportsLogos.com, and get awesome. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Welcome back to the Freaks. Yep, that's Speed Freaks on a Sunday night, every Sunday night throughout the year. Yes, every Sunday night. No off-season for this radio show. All right, sometimes we take off for Christmas and New Year's and, oh, yeah, Fourth of July coming up in a couple weeks. But pretty much every Sunday night in the entire year because motorsports is a year-round sport. This hour so far, we've had Funny Car winner Jack Beckman join us. Coming up in the next hour, we've got ARCA winner from this year, Harrison Burton. He is Jeb Burton's son, and, oh, boy, is he starting to make some waves. (laughs) Dude is solid. We caught up with him earlier this week, and I'm telling you, Solid. You're going to want to be a fan of this guy if you don't know him already. Also, bassist from Mr. Big, and he's played with numerous other bands all throughout the world, Billy Sheehan. He joins us at the end of next hour. But right now, NASCAR on Fox will be no longer for 2017. It's sad. It's a sad day. I like the Fox coverage for NASCAR. Today, Sonoma was their last race for their season. And Chris Neville, pit reporter, joins us now in the Speed Freaks pits. And Chris, it's a little bittersweet, but I'm sure you're enjoying some nice wine up in wine country right now because, hey, you don't have to work the rest of the year. Hey, now, come on. You, you, you can't <laughs> say things like Fox is not going to be part of the NASCAR coverage for the next few months because we are. We carry the truck series all the way through till November. Valid point. Yep. Race yep. Hub. And race day all through the week. So there's still lots of NASCAR coverage that Fox is going to provide. So uh, while we aren't going to be on the Xfinity Series on the weekend and we aren't going to be on the Cup Series on the weekend, we still are going to be a big part of NASCAR and motorsports. Shame on uh, me. You're exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and you guys probably understand where all that is coming from, right? (laughs) No, absolutely. No, and the thing is, it was just drilled in my head most of today. This is our last race. This is our last race. And you're so right. It's like, hold on a second. No, Fox is still uber involved. Race Hub, that's a very popular show. And you're right, the trucks, that never goes away. Yeah, and, 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 you know, it's... um, it, it, it's obviously sad for us to to walk away from the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series right now um, because it literally feels like we just walked out of Daytona, uh, but five months has gone by, and, and it just goes by in the blink of an eye. Um, but we had so much great racing these this first half of the season and such an awesome way to uh, to finish it here in Sonoma. 
real quick, Chris? I know we're going to talk a little bit about parody coming up later on and how NASCAR has had some amazing parody this year, but we were talking just last segment about Kevin Harvick comes into victory lane. He immediately gets handed a can of Bush beer. Of course, that's his sponsor. And then the trophy, of course, is red wine because you're in wine country. Your opinion on if this sends the wrong message. I know champagne's been a part of victory lanes for decades, but alcohol and driving cars, is that a wrong message for fans? Oh, my gosh. I think we're getting we're, – we're overanalyzing this. This, is, this has been going on since the beginning of auto racing or, or at least the beginning of auto racing as I know it. Um, so, no, I, 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 I mean, you know, look at – Look at any sport. I mean, how many how many locker room celebrations you see where people are spraying champagne? Um, you know, it's it's part of a celebration. Um, you know, it's it's not like these guys are are drinking and then going out on the racetrack and racing around. This is this is after the race. This is you know they they work their butt off all weekend long and and they won a major sporting event. So um, I don't have any issue with it at all. But Chris Neville, I just looked up some stats. It shows that more than 60,000 people a year die in alcohol-related deaths. Uh, that's a very ugly number, and it's unfair to put all of that on uh, Kevin Harvick and Victory Lane today. But I think that when when you immediately get out of the car and you start drinking, I think that's just a bad image. If you want to, uh, with your sponsor, while you're on TV, before, uh, while you're showing it on TV, just put it on the car. You don't have to get out of the car and immediately start spilling it, do you? Uh, you know, once again, I, I think I think you're you're overanalyzing the situation. Um, uh, you know, it's not like Kevin Harvick got back behind the wheel after he had a, a drink of a bush beer. You're right. Um, so, you know, I, I I think this is just you know, athletes, uh, teams uh, when when they win a, a major event, um, there's a celebration aspect to it. So I I think you're just overanalyzing it. All right, let's go another direction then. Uh, it, it's amazing. There was a time when people would come to Sonoma or go to Watkins Glen, they would get ringers, road course ringers, to come in and drive, and now. They were making fun of one of the one of the great road course ringers just ten years ago. Boris said, uh, "They even said, you know, look, Boris, there's some asphalt out here. You don't have to be <laughs> in the dirt all the time." So, uh, is NASCAR? It looks like it's advanced beyond the need for road course ringers. Even though some of those cars were coming in, the second place car looked like it had been in a, a demo derby all day. Well, um, it's changed since that term came about. Uh, You know, when you look back to the the 80s and 90s when when some road course ringers were capable of coming in and winning NASCAR races, um, the the cars have changed and the drivers have changed. Uh, You know, there's very few NASCAR Cup drivers now that they aren't very capable on road courses, where back in the in the eighties um, it, it, it was a different story. So so guys could come in and and cherry pick a race. Um, so now you know for for you know one of these guys that's a sports car racer to come in, um, you know more likely than not you're not going to be in great equipment. 
And when you looked at all the road course ringers this weekend, none of them were in very good equipment at all. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're playing in two different games out there. And just because they're a guy that, that runs mainly road courses, um, their, their ability isn't that great that can offset, you know, a, a team that's got a great car, spends so much energy, time, money, engineering on that bar for a road course. And then a driver now that, that isn't just oval centric, that is a, a, a driver that's more than capable of running on all of the ovals in NASCAR plus the road courses in NASCAR because that's what you need to be, to be successful in NASCAR today. Yeah, I like it. I've, I've liked seeing the evolution of some of these guys becoming really good road course racers. Fox Sports pit reporter Chris Neville joins us here in the Speed Freaks pits on a Sunday night. And I know you were with Clint Boyer right at the end of the race. But Dale, I don't know if you've heard Dale Jr.'s comments yet about he was asked about his legacy in the sport. And he really took some time. I mean, it had to have been at least three or four seconds of a pause to really think about what he was going to say. He was very smart with what he said and how just... Just basically to sum it up, being a real person and what's really important in life. Who is this Dale Jr. that we're seeing? It's amazing. Hey, you know, it's um, it's been really cool to to watch Dale these last couple years because he has changed. Well, I don't know if he's changed. Um, he's he's opening up to the public and and showing them who he is and and. And I'm just going to go out there and say, I think it's because of his wife. I think, I think he's so happy at the place he is in his life that he's willing to open up so much more about his feelings and his, his opinions. Um, every week I listen to his podcast, and, um, and it's fantastic information. I mean, he, mm. he is so open and honest about everything from his own driving to his team to NASCARs, the sports. Uh, to to the young drivers coming up, to personal things going on in his life, and and he's just such a different driver today than he was six seven years ago when I first met him, and um, and uh, you know I guess the only thing that's really changed in his life is his wife, and and if, and if that's you know what has has given him this ability to feel like he can share and be vulnerable, I, I think that's great. Chris Neville, is there a, a weakness in Dale Jr.'s resume when it doesn't include a championship or even 30 race wins out of more than 600 races? It, he's been one of the most popular guys in NASCAR, but did he need to win a championship? I don't think he does. I, I, I definitely don't think he does. Um, you know, he comes from such a special family in NASCAR, uh, he has accomplished so much in the sport as a driver. And, and like he said today after the race, um, you know, he doesn't want to be remembered so much by his accomplishments of wins or top fives or whether he won a championship or not. He wants to be remembered by the person that he was in the sport and what he contributed to the sport. And, and I think when you look at that, I mean, Dale Jr. has given us a lot over the last 20 years, and, and I think that's the special part about Dale Jr. Before we let you go, Chris Neville, you're talking about what Dale Jr. may want to be remembered as. What does Carl Edwards want to be remembered as? It was interesting to see him there and hear some of his comments about how much fun he's having in life not being a race car driver. 
Um, I, you know, I, I think Carl is another guy where he brought his own brand to the sport. Um, he gave in, I think, a different way than Dale, but he also gave a lot to the sport. Um, and, and, and fans, um, were a, a big part of, um, you know, everything that he did. And, and I love that about drivers like that. Um, in my mind, Carl Edwards, the driver, I don't think that book is closed. Um, really? I don't know. Even if though he said he hasn't even considered it. Uh, you know, I mean, he might be, he might say that, and, and maybe at this point in time he hasn't considered that, but I still look at him as somebody that potentially has more driving in front of him, whether that's 2018, 2019, 2020. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I just, I, I look at him and, and I see that, you know what, maybe he was just at a point where he needed to step back for a little while. But I, but I also see a guy that, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw Carl Edwards in a car in the next year or so. Wow. Well, Chris, we cannot take you away from your bottle, glass, whatever it is of wine that you are having right now. You are in wine country. You've given us some amazing stuff. Thank you. It's been fun watching you this entire season. I know we're going to see you on more stuff coming up, too. But thank you very much for calling us tonight as well. Yes, I will. Uh, I'll be in a bunch of truck races the second half. I'll get a Eldora cool. in just a couple of weeks. My first time going to Eldora, so I'm so excited about that. I mean, I, I imagine you know you, you you're at you're at Sonoma one week, and a couple of weeks later you're at a dirt track uh, in the middle of the Midwest. Uh, you know, how great is that? <laughs> That's racing. That's one of the one of the many reasons we love it. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Chris. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on, guys. You got it. Follow him on Twitter, guys, at ChrisNeville84. And, yes, shoot, I should have asked him, post a picture of whatever bottle of wine you're drinking right now. Just make us all envious. <laughs> Seriously. He, no, he likes a good bottle of red. And he actually, Chris himself loves the Pruitt Vineyards. Yeah, and I, so do I. So, so do I. <laughs> Scott Pruitt <laughs> makes good wine. He makes excellent wine. Uh, but... You know, I he and I would have to sit down over one of those bottles to continue that conversation a little more. I disagree with him that it has no impact. Statman, you have a hundred percent disagreement on Twitter. And I have to read a funny tweet, of course, talking about whether we need to worry about alcohol in victory lane after race car drivers get out of their cars. Does it send the wrong message? Yada yada. This is my favorite response so far on Twitter. <laughs> at Seth excuse me, at Sans Seth sends you this response. Imagine the terror lactose intolerance people feel during the Indy 500 victory celebrations. <laughs> yeah, in fact, there was one driver who did have that problem, uh, you know, and had, and he just put it up to his mouth and didn't drink it. But, yeah, you know, no, I mean, there's a, there's a, I'm, I'm in the minority on this, but I don't think I'm wrong. Well, I... I'm torn because I see where you're going with this, but I'm torn because, yeah, I'm also the part of history, and I think Chris Neville brought up a good point. Hey, the Warriors were just in in their locker room celebrating. Champagne has been a part of sports celebrations for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, no, you're right. But just the connection of driving, speed, and alcohol, and it's such a problem in the United States that it should be regulated some kind of way. 
you know, we don't really have time to get into this. We were just talking about Scott Pruitt's vineyard. Of course, Jeff Gordon has one. Mario Andretti has a huge one up there in, I believe it's in Sonoma. No, it might be Napa. Did you see what driver is now with their own vineyard? Just started this weekend, Stat? Or actually started a while ago, but it was officially announced this weekend. No. Well, I did hear it, but I don't remember it. I, yeah, I don't Oh, you'd remember. remember. Oh, you'd yeah. remember. Danica Patrick is now taking up wine. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> you want to drink in some Danica? <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, man. I could go 15 different directions. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, though, a couple of the promo shots that they have of Danica Patrick in her new vineyard. She is looking good. I mean, of course, if you fo- if anybody out there follows her on Instagram or Twitter and you see the pictures that she puts out with her yoga poses or whenever she's vacationing on the beach, usually during the off season, she is a hot little number. She really, really is. But she's got a cute shirt hat on in the middle of her vineyard. I, th- I think it was a fantastic picture. You think Just they actually it. grow the grapes themselves? I know Scott does, Scott Pruitt, but a lot of them just buy the grapes from, you know, suppliers and hire somebody to make them and just private label something. You think she actually does that? Yeah, I think to a point. I mean, if it is if it is a brand new vineyard, which I believe it to be, yes, at that point, in order to allow the grapes to mature, they typically buy grapes from the central coast of California and, and ship them up for their first couple of years. But, yeah, she's actually growing them herself as well. That's Wine Talk on Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Hey, we've got one more hour for you here. Harrison Burton, last name sound familiar? Yep. He's coming up in the next hour. Also, Mr. Big Bassist Billy Sheehan will be coming up in the next hour. Loads of talk, more on NASCAR and Sonoma, IndyCar at Elkhart Lake, NHRA in Ohio, all of that. Second hour, Speed Freaks Pits, next. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.
You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. And powered by 1-800-LOAN-MART. Get cash fast when you need it. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love to party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Statman. I am serious. Here's the Freaks. Hour two. Hour number two of the Freak Nation. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Like I've said, hey now, my studio is kind of falling apart right in front of me right now. Did you guys, Statman, did you hear that? Yeah, I heard something. But, <laughs> uh, I just had this big piece of lumber. I don't even know what it's for. Just hit me in the knee. It just kind of hit me. And then all of a sudden, something else from across the room fell down. <laughs> I'm tearing when things up here. There you go. Yeah, Kenny clearly is out of the studio this evening. He was at a Lucas Oil drag boat race today doing some TV pit reporting for Lucas Oil and the drag boat racing series. So, yeah, when he's away, I screw things up, <laughs> allegedly. I know that the studio knows that the master is gone, so he can right? Bill. Yeah. <laughs> All right, like we said, this is hour two in the first hour. You heard live from NHRA Funny Car winner Jack Beckman, who is, I believe, second in points right now. And also from NASCAR on Fox, Fox Sports pit reporter Chris Neville. Which is, it, I'm glad to hear that Chris Neville's going to be a part of some of the truck races coming up. Because I don't believe he's done a ton of that in the last couple of years of his Fox contract. So, very, very good to hear that. Coming up in this hour, you know Jeff Burton. He's arguably one of the greater personalities in the NASCAR pits. His son, Harrison Burton, you're going to see just how cool this 16-year-old is and just how Jeff has left his mark on his son, Harrison Burton and Billy Sheehan, another guest coming up later on in the show. We caught up with both of them earlier this week. And in regards to Harrison Burton's stat man, dude's not 16. No, he's not. He's more 30 than some of the 40-year-olds right. that we talked to. You know, I mean, he's an incredible conversation. And, you know, the Nemechek's son, whose name, John, Joe, Joe Nemechek's yes. son. John, John Hunter. Remember. Yes. Yeah. John Hunter. These kids grew up in a place where they learned and they paid attention and they're coming out there and they're ready to drive and they're ready to handle the media. That's a good thing. It, yeah, it's a very good thing. Ryan Blaney is also very good. We've seen Bubba Wallace. Yeah, it's I love the new crop of drivers and. You guys out there listening who are NASCAR fans who are ready to just hang it up and not watch anymore because you're sick and tired of your drivers, the Jeff Gordons, the Dale Earnhardt Juniors, Carl Edwards, whoever that are done and retired. Tony Stewart, arguably one of the greatest personalities as well. It's okay. This is what happens in sports. You go through these ebbs and flows. You go through these generational changes. And what NASCAR has coming up is good. They've got a great crop of not only talented drivers, but good personality drivers. Yeah, imagine the people who thought that everything was done when Richard Petty and David Pearson 
and the Yarboroughs and, and all those people uh, hung it up. You know, imagine uh, yeah. they probably said, well, what's the point of watching anymore? And then along comes a guy named Jeff Gordon and uh, <laughs> uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. I mean, they, these people carried the mantra, and I'm, I'm sure that somebody's going to come along and replace Jeff Gordon and Dale Jr. and Tony Stewart. And, yeah, they're on their way, especially Chase Elliott in that number 24. How can you not, you know? Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen, and it's a good thing. It should have more people come along and make the transition and uh, have some drivers that, and, you know, for me, and this is just my insanity, it would be cool if we had some drivers that look like America, but, right. you know, just have some drivers that can come along who are good and worth cheering for and uh, will have good personalities that people can relate to. I know we don't have a ton of time to talk about this right now, but do you think Toyota should be panicking? Toyota, arguably the best engine manufacturer when it comes to just domination over the last couple of years, they still have no wins this year. Ford, on the other hand, has seven wins on the road alone. Last year, Ford had eight wins total. Is Toyota in trouble? No, 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 no. I'd, I'd love it. I love it that Ford has stepped up, and in the last year we were saying is Ford in trouble. I love it that Ford has stepped yeah, up. Yeah, okay, okay. And uh, you know, Toyota's going to come along. It you know ebbs and flows. If I was Chevrolet, I wouldn't be uh, buying any green bananas for a while. <laughs> what? You wouldn't be buying any green banana? Oh my goodness! You've said that a couple of times, and I'm always like. Wait, excuse me, what? Say that again? <laughs> Welcome into all of our new affiliates here in the Freak Nation. This is Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Every single Sunday night of the year, Speed Freaks has no off-season. So join us. We talk motorsports, we talk lifestyle, and we have a lot of fun doing it. And we talk about things you want to talk about, not nuts and bolts and boring crap that you can get on your cell phone. We make it fun. And we'd like for you guys to join us, but man, we've got a guest heavy show tonight so in the future put this number in your cell phone and yes you will be able to use it 800-878-7529 that's 800-878-7529 just to get you caught up a little bit on the weekend as i had to rush through news and notes last hour formula one raced a zebrajan grand prix i don't know if i'm saying that right sean a what badu azerbaijan yes okay Thank you. I knew it. I just, I can't look at it and try to say it. it was, yeah, forget it. I need to just do it phonetically. But anyway, it was Daniel Ricardo taking the win, and I just think he had a phenomenal weekend going from a crash and qualifying to then in the race making an early pit stop, falling all the way back to 17th, but then coming up to win the freaking race. So massive weekend for him. Up in IndyCar, it was Scott Dixon upsetting the Team Penske domination that was going on all weekend at Elkhart Lake. That was pretty phenomenal. NHRA, we had Jack Beckman on, the funny car winner from Norwalk, Ohio, Catch his interview up on our website if you missed it last hour. That's going to be speedfreaks.tv. Other winners there, Bo Butner in Pro Stock, Steve Torrance in Top Fuel. And get this, there were four perfect reaction times in the finals today. That's an NHRA record. Perfect reaction times, four of them. Yeah. Motocross race, the Tennessee Nationals, Eli Tomac taking the win in the Big Boy Series and Aaron Plessinger in the Lights class. And back to NASCAR, they started in Iowa where... Statman, your guy, John Hunter Nemechek, won his second straight in the truck series, and William Byron took home his first win in the Xfinity series. Then on to Sonoma. We've been talking about it a lot in the first hour. Kevin Harvick taking 
first the win in the KNN West Series, his return to that series, and then doubled up Sunday with his win in the Monster Energy Cup. Overall, a spectacular weekend in racing, no? It was a great weekend of racing. Most of all, the biggest headline that didn't make it into your headlines there is that this is our 17th anniversary. Yes! (laughs) 17 years ago tonight. That's amazing. June 25th. In fact, we started one hour, one station, one mic, one show, and we've grown into a whole network. The Freak Nation. We got shows on Sirius and XM. We just welcomed in a whole uh, passel, <laughs> to term a phrase. All right, um, here, here's what we're going to do then. Let's get to let's get to our Harrison Burton interview. We caught up with him earlier in the week. Let's get to Harrison Burton next. And at about 8.25-ish, let's go through all of our 17 years of memories. There's a ton to talk about. Is that cool, Stat? That's perfect. Let's do it. Harrison Burton, you don't want to miss this interview. Coming up next in Speed Freaks Pits. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. What's up? It's Kenny Sargent. And for my motorsports fix, bam, I turn it on MAV-TV. MAV-TV, a network loaded with car and motorcycle shows, motorsports events, and exclusive automotive reality shows like Full Custom, Wrench Wars. What about drag boats? They got them. Off-road, sprint cars, pro pulling league, motocross, they're all on MAV-TV. It's the answer for those jonesing looking for some automotive action. Don't get MAV-TV? Call your local provider and get it. Check them out at MAVTV.com on Twitter and Facebook. MAV-TV is motorsports. Hey, cat owners, stop killing the earth. Yeah, you heard me right. You've done angelic work by rescuing cats from death row. Now do your part to save the planet. Dump your old clay litter, part of 8 billion pounds of waste clogging up landfills yearly, and go to catspotlitter.com. Order the all-natural, all-organic cat spot litter. It's made of 100% coconut, it's long-lasting, it eliminates odors, and only weighs 5 pounds. Oh, and delivered to your door for just $15 a month with free delivery. Hello? Look, unlike old, dusty, heavy clay litter that we're so used to, Cat Spot Litter's work is not over when the litter box needs to be changed. When your Cat Spot Litter has run its course, you dump it in your garden, your lawn, compost it. It contains natural nutrients and absorbs water. You've saved a cat's life. Now go save the planet at catspotlitter.com. Your cat will thank you, and the planet thanks you. Organic, odor eliminating, and just 15 bucks a month. Catspotlitter.com. With 2.7 million miles of paved roads and 1.4 million miles of unpaved roads in the U.S., where will your Continental Tires take you? Continental Tires, new Terrain Contact AT is the ideal all-terrain tire for CUV, SUV, and light trucks and will get you where you need to go. Traction Plus technology gives you the durability to conquer dirt, gravel, and grass while also providing a quiet, comfortable ride on pavement. For more information, visit ContinentalTire.com. Continental Tire, for what? You do. Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. 
Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Despain, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit LucasOilRacing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Back to Speed Freaks on a Sunday night as we celebrate our 17 years of being a part of the Freak Radio Network, being a part of your lives for 17 years. And the funny thing about this, as we do this from the Lucas Oil Studios, the gentleman who we have on now hasn't even been alive for 17 years. <laughs> he goes on to win several races this year. We tried to get him on after the ARCA Toledo, Ohio win. In May, May 21st, I believe. His name, of course, is Harrison Burton, running all those general tires on in the ARCA series. And, Harrison, you're a hard man to get a hold of, Holmes. Yeah, yeah, I'm all over the place, man, for sure. It's kind of it's kind of lifestyle you live, though, when you race. It's, it's something that takes up all your time, and, and you have to be 100% dedicated to it. So uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, for sure. All right, Harrison, let's get right into it. I want to get your dad out of the way, Jeff Burton, of course, former big-time NASCAR Cup star, uh, NBC commentator. Are, you won enough races, with, whether it's the ARCA series on those general tires or K&N East and, of course, running with Kyle Busch in the NASCAR truck series. Are you still Jeff Burton's son, or <laughs> is Jeff Burton your dad? Do you, do you know what oh. I mean by that? Uh, I'm definitely still Jeff Burton's son. I uh, I haven't won a, a race in a big three series uh, event yet, and and he's won um, in the in the mid to upper twenties in, in the Cup series. So uh, he's definitely done more in his career than I have. But I, I hope I can change that one day. If I if I even get the opportunity to race in Cup, uh, it'd be it'd be a blessing for sure. But it'd be kind of cool to to knock uh, old pops off the the top of the leaderboard. It'd be pretty awesome for sure. ARCA driver Harrison Burton is 16 years old. Sounds like he's 30. Sounds more 30 than some of the 40-year-olds that we've talked to. But Harrison, you've had success at every level you've raced in. K&N Pro Series, ARCA, trucks. One day you'll be in the Cup Series. You talk like that may not come, but with the success you've had, don't you think it's possible that you're going to be in the Cup Series one day? Well, you know, I, I think um scary because I don't know if, you know, anything could happen any day and, and, and it's uh it's not a it's not a right to be racing, it's a privilege. And so uh you know, I, I try to stay away from the will word, uh, you never know what could happen but, but I it's definitely my goal is to make it to the cup series and, and you to be to be up there you have to be uh incredibly, you know, talented and, and all that stuff. It has to be a whole package. So uh, I try to stay away from the the wheel word as, as much as I can, and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully I'll make it one day. But we got to keep working now and, and, like you said, stay humble and stay hungry and, and go out and try and win more races. Nice. I'm, I'm liking this, Harrison Burton. I'm really liking what you're saying. <laughs> Hard work <laughs> does pay off. I mean, you've seen it with your dad. You've seen it with so many others in all forms of motorsports. Who's somebody, and it doesn't have to be NASCAR necessarily, who's somebody in the motorsports world that you really look up to? Oh, um, you know, I'd, I'd like you, you know, obviously my dad would be, would be a huge, uh, a huge, you know, um, figure for me, but, but outside of the family, um, I'd have to say Kevin Harvick or, or Kyle Busch, those two guys that, that both, you know, uh, kind of came from, 
uh, smaller beginnings and, and came from the short track ranks and, and worked their way up and are incredibly talented and good at what they do and, and, and people that uh, I enjoy watching every Sunday. So those two guys, uh, the style that they race and what they do every, every weekend is, is really uh, something I look up to for sure. Harrison Burton, would you ever have a mic drop moment like Kyle Busch did in, back in May? <laughs> um, I don't know. Kyle's got his own style, and, and I don't know if that fits into my style. I think what makes Kyle cool, though, is that he is, uh, he's not someone to suppress his own style. He's someone that, that is willing to and, and be himself, and that's awesome. That's what, that's what makes our sport great is, is we have a lot of characters and a lot of, a lot of drama that goes on and, and so much stuff like that. And, and people that try and suppress I think is, is, is definitely wrong. We're talking with ARCA driver Harrison Burton. And Harrison, we talk about emotion in all other forms of sport. And as emotional and passionate as motor racing can be, a lot of times it would seem that people who don't understand the sport in the mainstream media will make light of emotion or actually denigrate emotion from a driver. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think I agree with that. And I think a lot of that's because of our fan base you know we have a have a deep southern fan base i think you know most of our fans are from the south and and uh people in the south have great manners so when they see someone that, that gets upset and, and shows it um you know that's something that they're not used to and they don't particularly like and that's okay you know that's that's their choice and, and stuff like that but but for me it's, it's cool when someone shows that emotion and shows that fire and, and wants to wants to win so bad that even when it goes wrong and you finish second in a cup race, you're, you know, just devastated by it. I think that's awesome. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's kind of to each their own and, and fans like some things and other fans like others, you know, there's still Kyle Busch fans that stand behind that, that, uh, what he did. So, uh, that's what makes the sport great is there's parity between fans and, and we're not afraid to, to let people hear about it. Dude, I am, I'm, I'm praising you right now. I'm Harrison Burton for president already. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, don't know about all that. Harrison, there's a number <laughs> of things I want to talk to you about. Again, Harrison Burton joining the Freaks on our 17th anniversary of doing Speed Freaks here in the Freak Nation. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, at Speed Freaks on Twitter. Harrison, you are a seasoned interviewer, right? Interviewer. Interview, interviewee, right, Crasher? Yeah, he really sounds good. Have you yes. had school? Again, your dad has spent hours and hours and hours in front of microphones and television cameras. Have you had any kind of schooling about doing interviews, or is it just that you've you've watched your dad and other drivers? Yeah, no, I, I haven't had any, uh, I haven't really had any schooling on it. It's just, uh, I think if you get into too much of, Schooling, it becomes cookie cutter, and you're not yourself. So, when uh, when people ask if I'm schooled on it or anything, uh, you know, I, I I definitely say no because because I think if you're kind of taught how to do an interview, it's not going to be authentic and not going to be who you are. So, uh, yeah, no, I haven't haven't had any you know schooling on it, and and it's just kind of something that I do. You've got the Canon East, you've got the NASCAR trucks, you've got the ARCA series. Of those three. Which one provides the best competition from start to finish for you as a 16-year-old? Oh man, I race in all those series for a reason. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't go to race for for easy wins or anything like that. Whether it's in a, whether it's in a super late model or a K&N car or ARCA car or truck, you know, I'm um, I'm racing because it's some of the best drivers out there in those series. And uh, when you go and and go to those races, there's always you know, guys like, for example, in the K&N series, it's been um, Todd Gillen's been the guy that you have to knock off. And, and in the Arca series, it's uh, Cunningham's been really fast. And, 
in the trucks. It's it's your KVM teammates and and BKRs and fast recently. And and there's so many different um, reasons as to why the each series is hard. You know, there's so many different strategies that play out in trucks and in K and N. You have to conserve your tires a lot and, and the live pit stops and and um, you know, short track radial tires in, uh, in the ARCA series is, is uh, you know, everything has its own challenges. And so to say one is harder than the other is, is not fair. Kenny, I know you and Statman drove trucks at California Speedway many years back, and you were amazed at how the aerodynamics are so different, trucks versus cars. How much fun are you having in the truck, Harrison? Oh, every every time I sit in a truck, I'm a happy guy for sure. Um uh, like you said, at Dover, the aerodynamics uh, really, you know, it was kind of the first time I experienced a lot of that to the extent that you do in a truck. It's like having a box in a wind tunnel, you know. It's uh, you, you feel a lot of the aero stuff and, and you know, feel aerotight uh, really bad, especially at Dover. So, um, you know, it's, it's something to get used to for sure, but, but I feel like the, the veterans do a really, really good job of, of managing that, and, and that's something that I have to do a better job of for sure. Harrison Burton. Or shall I say, Jeff Burton's son, Harrison Burton, <laughs> oh, boy. joining Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. The ARCA Series on those general tires at K&N East. You got the NASCAR Truck Series running for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Have you taken lessons on how to box or fight from your old man in his days on the backstretch of Texas <laughs> Motor Speedway with Jeff Gordon? I No, I haven't. Um, you know, he didn't do too much of the fighting. He was kind of, you know, I, I asked him, I was like, why didn't you fight him, you know? But uh, <laughs> he kind of de-escalated the situation, which was smart of him to do. And and what's cool about that fight is they turned it into a, a positive thing and signed uh, signed boxing gloves and auctioned them off for charity. I thought that was something cool, is to turn a, a fight into something that, that is uh, helping people that are in need. So, uh, you know, something, um, you know, you know, I, I haven't learned any boxing technique from him. We haven't we haven't gotten to many fist fights in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Has sitting at the dinner table been kind of strange maybe over Thanksgiving or other holidays with your uncle Ward Burton and your daddy Jeff Burton there at the table? Ward's sitting there with his big, fat Daytona 500 ring, and Jeff's kind of looking <laughs> at him going, you bastard. Oh, no. Um, you know, I think the, that's what makes our family cool is we're, we're there to support each other. But I will say that, that my dad and, and Ward are very competitive, and the Daytona 500 is a leg up. Uh, my dad and my dad would probably say that he has more wins in the Cup Series and won the Southern 500, and that's his leg up on Ward, and they kind of go at it. So it's kind of fun to just sit back and watch. I would love to be a fly on that wall. <laughs> you know, what's funny is he, Ward's so hard to understand. Like, I've been around the guy my whole life, and I'm still struggling to understand his accent sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> his name, of course, is Harrison Burton. You've seen him run in the Cannon East, the ARCA Series, and with Kyle Busch Motorsports and the NASCAR Truck Series. Let's talk about one one other thing before we get the hell out of here. You you sound like you are a racer's racer. And if IndyCar, Formula One, sports cars came calling, you would definitely look into those series because you just want to drive, and you want to drive in all different aspects of motorsports. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, my main priority is obviously NASCAR. It's, it's you know, my my goal since I've been five years old is to race in the Cup Series. So um, if I had to choose F1, Formula One, or F1, or IndyCar, or NASCAR, or any of the sort, I'd choose NASCAR hands down. 
Um, but if I got in the opportunity in my career later down the road where I could try some of the other stuff, yeah, I wouldn't hesitate from it. Uh, you see guys like Kyle Larson run sprint cars and stuff like that all the time. So, uh, you know, that'd be something I'd like to try if, if I ever got in that position in my life where I could do that. Hey, Harrison, it was a pleasure to get you in the Freak Nation. We, we can appreciate where you're coming from and the, the fact that you're just you are seasoned. Don't, don't let anybody get in your head and say you should do it this way or that way. No. Just listen to your old man because you got a hell of a role model there, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's, uh, it's definitely a blessing to have him in my life for sure. Um, he's someone that I look up to every day. So, uh, yeah, definitely keep that in mind every, every day. Harrison, thank you, buddy. Yep, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. He is unbelievable. Statman, just get to know this guy, Harrison Burton. He is one of the future stars of the sport. I would love to see him do the double, the Indy 500, Coke 600. I mean, come on. This guy, oh my, I'm just in shock. I, there are no words for me right now. Statman, save me. Yeah, it's. I was sitting here laughing at myself, literally. The shoes I have on are older than him, and he's out <laughs> He's out there just speaking casually, even talks about his Uncle Ward being right. hard to understand. <laughs> I'm glad the microphone was muted when he said that. <laughs> that was hilarious. Hilarious. I his specific quote, because I wrote it down, eventually I'll tweet it. He said, you know, the thing is, Ward's so hard to understand. I've been around him all my life, and I still can't understand him sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope. I hope beyond all hope that some PR idiot doesn't get him and ruin him. He's yes. such a personality. He has the opportunity to be the face of NASCAR yes. if he's allowed to be. I hope, I hope, I hope. I mean, we like Kyle Larson. We had him on after his win last weekend. And Kyle's a good guy. I mean, says doesn't necessarily say all the right things, but says it in a, in a great way. Kind of like the energy you got from Harrison Burton's voice just right there. And same with Ryan Blaney. So, yeah, this, again, like I said, top of this hour, future's bright for NASCAR. All right, Statman, get your memory bank going. Let's go next segment and talk about, yes, today, right now, is the 17-year anniversary of us, our show, Speed Freaks. We've been doing this since June 25th, the year 2000. So, Statman, let's talk 17 years. Get some of your favorite memories ready, and let's do it next. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Good evening, my fellow citizens. It's a Seventeen years to the day is incredible. Speed Freaks has seen and experienced so much change in motorsports since 2000. We've seen Honda go from sport compact drag racing to F1 with wins in the Indy 500. F1 is no longer an expensive parade. Sunday's crazy race included red flags and drivers attacking each other NASCAR-like with their cars. And an American team is earning points in the F1 championship. And crazier yet, one in five IndyCar drivers Sunday at Road America is a veteran from F1. We've seen NASCAR go from boring to unbearable. In fact, fans are showing their displeasure by ignoring races at the track and on TV. We've seen former NASCAR driver Robbie Gordon become a successful race promoter and women become a force at American drag racing. But one thing that never changes, the people who run American rallying might be the dumbest in all of world motorsports. And that's a painful admission for me. Happy 17th. Motorsports Radio, redefined.
You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Well, thanks, fellas. It sure was. Interesting. Hey, Statman, how would you answer that? Welcome back to the Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Yes, it is our 17-year anniversary tonight. We started this show June 25th, the year 2000. Statman, how would you answer that? The last 17 years have been... Incredible. Yes. I mean, I've spent my entire life since I was a kid hanging on the fence at National Trail Raceway in uh, Columbus, Ohio, watching the drag racing, Ohio, George Montgomery, Big John, Masmanian, the double-A gas supercharged cars. Those are the ones I remember first in my mind. And who would have thought that at that time, I was there the day the track opened. Who would have thought that now I'd be uh, 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 years later? <laughs> I, <laughs> nice cover up. That I'd be uh, enjoying watching uh, drag racing, talking talking to drag racers, and you know just enjoying motorsports in general. You know, from I could go on forever, but it's just it's been incredible. That's the only that's the first word and probably the only word that I could think of. Incredible, interesting, amazing. Just some of the things that I was thinking of. I mean, we don't have as much time as we need. And I'm so mad at myself for not doing this in the first hour as well. We need more time to be able to discuss some of these stories. But absolutely one of my favorite things was Red Bull. They were one of our major partners for many, many years. Taking us to the Dakar Rally kickoff in Barcelona. I believe that was 2004. One of my absolute favorite memories of being with you guys just that party with colin mcrae on new year's eve oh my gosh and the food fight and everybody food fight. At who are these people i mean that's <laughs> colin mcrae was one of my was one of my favorite people that i watched and the first time i saw him he was throwing a chocolate mousse at me <laughs> I mean, that's, that was incredible yeah you're right i, I still and another thing at that at that trip, the thing I remember most about that trip was Ari Vatnin, former World Rally Champion. I had met him in 1979 covering a rally in Canada, and we were suddenly at the one at one of the hotel floors, let's say 17th floor of this hotel, and he walks up and we ride down the elevator, and I couldn't help but say, I don't know if you remember this, but and he looks at me, and who knows if he remembers it, but he acted like he did. And when we got <laughs> off the elevator in the lobby, he calls his daughter over and introduces his daughter to me. And he came, in fact, he left that night. He Instead of walking into the party with the Nissan people, he left his party and came over and sat and talked to us. You remember that? That yes. was phenomenal to me and told me a lot about who that man is. Yeah, there's and okay, there you go. There's another thing we've discovered from doing this show for the last 17 years, and he, Ari Vatanen, a perfect example. The bigger they are, the nicer they are. I mean, Mario Andretti cannot be any more accommodating to us, and the stories that he'll tell us off mic and just constantly wrapping his arms around us and giving us hugs and how you doing and holy crud. I mean, wow. Yeah, racing Tony Stewart on a golf course at yes. a golf. 
And I could have driven him into a ravine and the entire history of NASCAR would have been rewritten at that moment. But, you know, for some reason, I just lifted. He jumps on the path. I knew you would lift. I knew you. <laughs> I mean, Tony Stewart for crying out. That's what I kept saying to myself. That's Tony Stewart, you clown. Don't run him into the ravine. <laughs> And Tony Stewart, just being Tony Stewart, he's always been amazing with us, whether on the show, off the show, like Statman telling the story of definitely way away from the mics at a golf tournament, having so much fun. And I did the top end announcing one year for NHRA and got a lot of flack because I have a very different way of delivering interviews. And it was different for NHRA fans. They just weren't used to my style. And I'll never forget being in a World of Outlaws race in Las Vegas and Tony overhearing me tell somebody about how it's a little bit frustrating doing the announcing. And he immediately turned around and said, listen, if they're upset at you, there's there's an element of like to that. At least they're talking about you because the minute they go quiet is the minute you're going to lose your job. And I'm like, yeah. you're right. You're exactly right. He goes, at yeah. least they're talking about you and you're doing something right to make them talk about you. In fact, he, I was in Charlotte talking to a driver, had my back to him at a uh, um, outlaws race and i hear this guy say hey get out of here who needs that bald head that brown head over there get that oh. and I, the guy starts laughing and i said all right i got to deal with this now when he brings the race into the thing you know in the middle of charlotte and i turn around and tony is all right next to rolling on the ground laughing <laughs> <laughs> and he's just pointing at me he can't even say anything he's laughing another story with tony and we got to get out of here. But we were at Irwindale, and he's he, I, the people were starting to close in. And he says, uh, I said, you need to get leave? He said, don't worry. You're going to turn around once, and I'm going to be gone. And I just laughed, and we started talking, and I turned around, and he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he told you. He yeah. told you. Basically Tony. amazing, incredible inter- interviews, stories trips that we've all taken speed freaks for 17 years ever since june 25th 2000 memories that i'm never going to forget and we didn't even scratch the surface really thank you lucas oil you've been with us 16 of the 17 years continental tire at least 10 years toyo was before that and some of the same people from toyo over with continental budweiser red bull cat spot litter oh my gosh i could go on but we got we to gotta go because next we've got the basis from Mr. Big, Billy Sheehan. He was in town, and Kenny and I had a chance to catch up with him before a Phoenix concert. Another great interview you're not going to want to miss. Billy Sheehan next in Speed Freaks Pits. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Despain, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. 
With 2.7 million miles of paved roads and 1.4 million miles of unpaved roads in the U.S., where will your Continental Tires take you? Continental Tires, new Terrain Contact AT, is the ideal all-terrain tire for CUV, SUV, and light trucks and will get you where you need to go. Traction Plus technology gives you the durability to conquer dirt, gravel, and grass, while also providing a quiet, comfortable ride on pavement. For more information, visit ContinentalTire.com. Continental Tire, for what? You do. Looking for more performance out of your car or truck? Looking to do it without breaking the bank? Then look no further than Lucas Octane Booster. Just one little bottle can increase the boost from your turbocharger while promoting a clean fuel burn for lower emissions. Lucas Octane Booster is a genuine engine performance enhancer that is safe for turbos, oxygen sensors, and catalytic converters. It stops the knocks while raising MPG and high compression engines. Not bad from one little red bottle. Hey, cat owners, stop killing the earth. Yeah, you heard me right. You've done angelic work by rescuing cats from death row. Now do your part to save the planet. Dump your old clay litter, part of 8 billion pounds of waste clogging up landfills yearly, and go to catspotlitter.com. Order the all-natural, all-organic cat spot litter. It's made of 100% coconut, it's long-lasting, it eliminates odors, and only weighs 5 pounds. Oh, and delivered to your door for just $15 a month with free delivery. Hello? Look, unlike old, dusty, heavy clay litter that we're so used to, Cat Spot Litter's work is not over when the litter box needs to be changed. When your Cat Spot Litter has run its course, you dump it in your garden, your lawn, compost it. It contains natural nutrients and absorbs water. You've saved a cat's life. Now go save the planet at catspotlitter.com. Your cat will thank you and the planet thanks you. Organic, odor eliminating, and just 15 bucks a month. Catspotlitter.com. Are you tired of all the hassles that come with just shining your tires? Introducing the No Mess Tire Dressing Applicator. No mess on the rim, no harmful chemicals on your hands. Simply spray your favorite dressing on the specially formulated foam and apply with precision. Then store it away in its own unique case for quick and easy cleanup. Get four No Mess Applicators now for only $9.99 at buynomess.com. You're listening to Speed Free. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Just a little bit of the greatness that you're about to hear now. Kenny and I caught up with the basis for Mr. Big. He was performing Thursday night in the Phoenix area. Billy Sheehan, right now. They got a new record coming out, Mr. Big and Big Billy Sheehan joining the Freaks. And I asked this of guys that I've interviewed for the last 20 or 30 years, was there ever time? And it's interesting on the responses when you're sitting there, again, with a hit record that you're thinking, damn it, I hope I'm doing this 20 years from now. Was there ever time in the mid, early 90s we thought, man, I want to do this for another 30 years? I never thought that directly, but that was the vibe underneath it. I never had an idea that I would ever stop or do anything else. That's what I've done my whole life since I, you know, was still in high school. 
back in the Pleistocene era, uh, <laughs> but, but we're, we're in dinosaurs' roams. Uh, but will we? Uh, uh, I never thought about ever stopping, and yeah. it's great now that uh, we're out on the road. We got a nice, uh, a great tour bus. We're playing a places, packed houses, sold out everywhere. We're going to be in South America, Mexico, uh, in August, uh, Southeast Asia, Japan uh, in September, the rest of the world in October, including Europe and the UK. And so uh, I'm glad it it keeps on going. It's beautiful. One thing that has fascinated me about you guys with Mr. Big is that from the get-go, you've, you've said, I've read in many, many places, that you like to perform and even create, making albums with a, a sense of urgency. You like that added pressure in the studio. So even 20, 30 years later, that added pressure, it still keeps you going, huh? That's a, 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 an excellent observation, my dear. Uh, that's, uh, uh, it's very true. We, we did this record in six days. Because there was some extra stuff that was done after the mixing and some background vocals, but the, the lion's share of the record was done in six days, and that does create an urgency because you start to get comfortable in any endeavor, and things slow down, and things don't have that kind of essence of uh, edge or uh, the, the spirit that you had when you first began. Because when we first began, we didn't have much time, we didn't have much money. We had to get in there and get the record done quick, huh. and get out and get on the road fast, you know. So. That, there was a, a, a thing to that that really added to the foundation of uh, the music and the record and the way it sounded, I believe. So we kind of, uh, in a way, it wasn't even artificially imposed this time. We really did only have six days where we were all in the same city at the same time with our producers, so we had to get it done. There's got to be a really cool energy about that as well. It's almost as if you're doing things live, and you guys are like, all right, come on, let's go, let's go. Exactly right. Well, the problem we had is we went back to our original producer from the first four <laughs> records, and we started telling stories of the old days and all the, all the shenanigans and hilarious stuff we went through. And we had to keep stopping. Wait, wait, we we got to shut up. We we got a record to make. We got to get three songs today, and we're we're only we're only at number one, and it's uh, eight o'clock already. So let's go, let's go. So, but it was fun. It was a good kind of pressure. It was positive, and uh, it really did. I, I believe. By my observation of what we have, what what it was before, what it is once it was recorded, I think it really improved and uh, gave everything an edge and uh, put things up uh, several steps. We will post a link to their video, the first single, Everybody Needs a Little. There's a good reason why there's about a half a million views on this thing. And when we started this thing called MTV and all these music videos, we knew as part and parcel of putting a record together in the 80s and early 90s. How does a, a video fall into play now with records and record companies and bands? Well, uh, fortunately now the uh, the record, the music industry is now the music business again. It was an industry for a while, but this is shrunk <laughs> down back to business level again, which is better, I think. And I think uh, now when you do a video, I remember dropping huge amounts of money on videos. Uh, some of them, uh, for example, the Eat Him and Smile, the... Uh, Yankee Rose uh, video, I don't know, that was hundreds of thousands of dollars to make that, that video. It's unbelievable. So now we actually found two guys on Craigslist wow. that can do a video for very, very cheap. And they showed up and they rented proper cameras and did it the right way, but uh, we were not necessarily blowing through uh, mindless amounts of cash to get a video representation so that you can let the people see and hear what the band is about online as a representation of uh, what they're about to get if, they, if they'd be kind enough to come out to a show or purchase uh, our music. So it's more now just kind of a promotional piece, and it's not a do-or-die thing. 
<laughs> Billy, how is YouTube and Vivo and those any digital arena? How has it changed the music industry? Our daughter, our three-year-old daughter, absolutely loves watching music videos. And it makes me happy because I was an MTV VH1 girl back when they actually played videos. So it makes me happy to see that she's getting an appreciation for music through those things. But do you guys get kickbacks enough in those arenas or is this just kind of another way to advertise for you all? Well, I think it's, uh, I was an early adopter of all things digital, and I, I, I loved it. And I think now it's great for musicians. You're a, a couple clicks away from a, to a billion people, pretty much. So it's a great, great way for to get people to know what's going on, keep people informed. Uh, plus, we can directly communicate with people all the time. I'm, on, I'm answering email and responding to comments all the time directly, you know, and people, uh, I can we chat and talk to people from all over the world easily. It's a great uh, opening of the gateway between that gap that would separate performer from uh, listener. So I, I love that. And uh, I love the fact that you can go online and find almost anything. You can find anything there is by any musician anywhere. And it, we just didn't have that before. And it's free. That's cool. Now, we're not getting paid for it, but I don't really mind so much. I've never been money motivated in my the career of music. I'm, I, I want to play. I, I'd rather play to 100,000 people for free than 1,000 people for 10,000 bucks. I, I would really prefer the, the former to the latter. Billy Sheehan, the band Mr. Big, I appreciate your candid response there. You've let us know that people are your business. Access to audience is your business. A lot of people wouldn't say that. They'd rather have the money up front than to worry about pleasing an audience. It sounds like you'd rather build an audience than to get paid to talk to one. It really is. Everything I own, my home, my car, my little retirement fund, uh, it all came from somebody buying a ticket, a T-shirt, or a CD. You know, so I, I don't forget that. And every sports uh, uh, figure, everything he has comes from somebody buying a ticket or, or uh, a TV station licensing the game to show to fans because the fans are going to watch it. So it all comes from the fans. Everything does. So I, you know, w- once, you, once you've played your game and they've televised it and people have been entertained, you owe nothing more. For me, it's the same thing. Once I put out a CD, people buy it and listen to it. We're even. I don't owe them. I choose to go the the distance and go further. And I, I make myself available to sign things, take care of things. We never charge people. Uh, for uh, you know, A lot of people, they do a VIP greet thing after the show sometimes, which is okay. But I'm out by the bus doing it for free anyway, so... My manager hates it when I tell when I when I, when I reveal that in public. He goes, no, no, we need the money. I know we need the money, and that's fair and that's cool. But I do it for free all the time anyway, and it's my pleasure. And so I just uh, I just hope uh, more people in a position like mine, or uh, you might happen to be a sports figure, would uh, take into consideration that the fans have all kinds of choices, and they chose you. And I, I'm very thankful for that. And uh, I do everything I can to uh, enrich the experience. And I do happen to love it, too. It's yep. a great way to put your thumb on the pulse of what's going on and see what's happening out there with people and what they think and what they feel. So I'm always out by the bus hanging with people and taking photos and signing stuff and having a good talk. It's, it's a good thing. Way cool. Founding member, Mr. Big, bassist Billy Sheehan, Jordan of the Freaks. Go back to 92, and I bring this up because I think it was 93, 94, when I saw Stone Temple Pilots. And Scott Wilden said, I know you guys want to hear this song, but we're so freaking tired of playing it. And they go into Plush. Again, you couldn't get out of the way of Plush back in 92, 93. When you played to be with you, 
Has there ever been a time where you thought the same damn thing? Never. Wow. Never, never, never. And uh, I'm, I'm completely certain of that because we uh, haven't hit record changes in your life forever. And it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And that record took us all over the world. It was number one. And I've heard 16 countries. I thought it was only 14, but they, they're telling me now it was 16. And we went to Singapore and to uh, Russia and uh, Brazil and India. And we've been everywhere all over the world. And that song is just our, our, our passport to the world. And uh, I'm standing in line in the Dallas airport a few weeks ago, and somebody behind me noticed I was carrying my bag. Oh, are you in some band? And, yeah, Mr. Big, I don't know. And I said, I'm the one who wants to. Oh. And then other people <laughs> from the line are coming up, and they, they recognize the song and had a great conversation with a, a couple of wonderful people as a result. It's, it's, it's been fantastic. And I look out every night, and there's a sea of smiling faces singing along, some in tears of the memories it brings them. And I've gotten an email from people all over the world about what that song meant to them and how they're having a hard time and that the song got through it, or even suicidal people that, uh, you know, this song was a boost to them that kept them going. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenon, and uh, it's been nothing but positive. Talking with Billy Sheehan, Mr. Big, it's obvious that championships and winning titles and medals can change an athlete's life, but what does it do for a an entertainer, a singer, a songwriter? What does it do to you to have a hit, a number one hit in 16 countries, and to get money in the mail when you wake up in the morning and have an audience that's interested and cares for what you have to say? Well, we don't necessarily lord it over people who haven't had <laughs> They may have them eventually, too, and your, your next one may not be a hit, so you got to enjoy it while you can. But, yeah, we uh, there's a bump in money. There's a bump in uh, how people take care of you. We were on, oddly, we were on a Malaysian airline flight way back then in the 90s, and the pilots let us sit in the uh, cockpit for, for the landing. Uh, we, wow. and I have photos of it too. I got to actually have to look them up and post it sometime. But you know, we would we would get on on the on a plane sitting in economy class, and the stewardesses would uh, the, uh, sorry the flight attendant that's an old word stewardess uh, flight attendant would uh, see that uh, oh you guys in a band yeah what band Mr. Big oh to be with you really oh, oh. and then move us up to first class and take care of us <laughs> so it was really a great people were so generous and kind because that song meant a lot to a lot of people and they reflected back to us we. Uh, we have to check a lot of gear sometimes when we're checking in. and we, I think it was in Indonesia we were checking in at a counter. Sometimes they can charge you fifteen, twenty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 for all the overage because we got a lot of stuff to put on the plane. And um, I think uh, Aer Lingus, the Irish airline, was going to charge us $20,000 when we were in Europe. And so we're in Indonesia with the same amount of gear, and the girl behind the counter, she just wanted a photo with the band, and she put everything on the plane for free. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. So Things like that, and they're sweet and beautiful people that really are so generous because the song meant a lot to them. It's, it's, it's a, it really does change your life, and you get friends everywhere. We get friends all over the world now. Billy Sheehan, Mr. Biggs, this is awesome. Thank you for taking this time out to join the Freaks, bud. I appreciate it very much. Waited all my life. Yeah, just to be the next to be.
Ah, I tried. I tried. Tried to hit the falsetto like he does. That song has many memories for me as well. Billy Sheehan, great interview right there. Again, any of the interviews, if you missed any of our interviews today, Funny Car Driver, Jack Beckman, Billy Sheehan right there, bassist with Mr. Big, one of the all-time greatest bassists in the entire world. Gosh, who am I missing? NASCAR on Fox, Fox Sports pit reporter Chris Neville, and also, boy coming up, I'm calling him a boy because he's 16 years old, he's younger than our show, 17 years old. Harrison Burton, the son of Jeff Burton. Yeah, he's moving. He's a mover and a shaker coming up in the series. Statman, we only have about two minutes to go, but more memories. When we talk bands, the first thing that kind of came to my mind right away was our two-year anniversary show where Boris said flew across the country just to make it live with us on stage. And then Great White performs for everybody that showed up to our two-year anniversary party, which was at least 50 people. It was really cool in Los Angeles. And then sadly, eight months later, Great White has that big fire in the nightclub on the East Coast, and they die. That kind of stuff yeah. is just, ah, oh, tears yeah. me up. I've got a picture of me talking with Daryl Russell, comparing oh. phone numbers uh, that, you know, hanging across a fence, and we're laughing. And, you know, within a year, he was gone. And oh. there's so many other people that we could talk about that we've had personal experiences with off the microphone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and they're gone now. It's It was this, when I said incredible, this is an incredible experience for me. We talked about Colin McRae and hanging out with him at the Dakar Rally with Red Bull. And, yeah, and then a couple of years later, he he died actually in the middle of us, or we found the news out in the middle of one of our shows. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was, wow, yeah, that, uh, I'd forgotten about that. That was mm-hmm. a... That was a sad, that was a sad, sad experience to, to meet him and then have him gone. Yeah, I know. Dale Sr., of course. I mean, we were the only motorsport show talking about the immediate passing of Dale Sr. And, mm, yeah, that was a very tough show. And we were still brand new. We, we had not even been on a full year. That was a difficult show to do. Yeah, the experiences with John Force, uh, Jaggy Coughlin, uh, um, yeah. Wow. It just my mind is so much stuff is caught in there. Uh, it's amazing to have these experiences with people that you may have never known and, and know the who they are for real. Yeah. Yeah. You bring that up. I was oh man. We hardly have any time. All right. Justin Wilson, one of the guys I really miss. IndyCar driver. I played pool with him, <laughs> flew in a G5 with him to do some promotions. One of the greatest guys ever. 17 years of doing this, guys. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. We hope you join us for the next 17. Miss any of the interviews tonight? Check it out on the website, speedfreaks.tv. For the 17th year in a row, shoot the juice to the moose and what's that, Statman? Cut it loose. See ya! Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.